From Finance and Commerce, this is Beyond the Skyline, a podcast about economic development, commercial real estate, and construction in Minnesota. Above all, it's a show about what's next, creativity, and the innovation and technology that are changing how we work and shaping the future of business throughout our state. In each episode, you will meet business leaders, builders, entrepreneurs, and big thinkers who may challenge the status quo, but also make their dreams a reality. I'm Joel Shetler, your host and editor of Finance and Commerce, Minnesota's oldest business newspaper and online publication. Thanks so much for joining me. I would also like to thank our podcast sponsor, Guarantee Commercial Title. Guarantee offers a new platform for the delivery of services based on the expertise and ingenuity of a visionary team of title professionals that identifies obstacles and creates solutions that result in a successful sale, construction, or financing of commercial real estate. To learn more, visit GuaranteeTitle.net. Big leadership changes are coming at Ryan Companies. On the heels of a busy construction season, Ryan recently announced that company president Jeff Smith is retiring and that several of its longtime leaders will transition into new roles starting in 2022. Among those with new duties is Mike Ryan, who was promoted to preside over the construction and development company's Northern Division and oversee its expansion into the Denver-based Rocky Mountain region. Ryan, a fourth-generation leader, has been with the company for 11 years. In his new role, Ryan will take charge of a geographic area that includes Minneapolis, Chicago, Kansas City, Cedar Rapids, and Des Moines. In the following interview with reporter Brian Johnson, Mike Ryan talks about his new duties with the company, which expects to deliver 146 projects with a combined 28 million square feet of new construction this year. He also reads the tea leaves for the office and industrial sectors, and touches on topics such as the supply chain challenge, and rent control. I'm pleased to be joined by Mike Ryan of Minneapolis-based Ryan Companies US Inc. Uh, Mike, how are you doing today? I'm great, Brian. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, um, just by way of background, uh, Mike was recently promoted to uh, president of the company's Northern Division, and he will draw on his expertise to provide strategic vision in the selection of projects that best align with Ryan's goals in the offices he will oversee, which includes Chicago, Minneapolis, Kansas City, Cedar Rapids, and Des Moines. In addition, Mike will help establish and oversee the company's geographic expansion into the Rocky Mountain region based in Denver. Um, So Mike, I was wondering if you could maybe talk a little bit more about that and your new new role with the company. Um, It sounds like you had past four years had been leading the, the North region is that right? Yeah, and the North region would be pretty much anything anyone in Minnesota, the Dakotas, uh, sees a Ryan sign on. That be that would have been my responsibility was and um, still is. But now Tony Bronco will have that uh, direct responsibility for that geography. So mm-hmm. that's exactly right. Four years, and um, Minneapolis is our historic headquarters. It is also our operational headquarters. So you've got you know a, uh, we got about eight hundred team members in Minnesota, and um, while half of those may not report up to that regional president culturally or, you know, the leader for all of those groups uh, as well. So it's a big responsibility and it was just a total privilege. I loved that job and um, I'm melancholy leaving it, but I'm leaving it in great hands. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we were talking a little bit about Peter Fitzgerald and some of the other, um, I guess, uh, changes in leadership. Uh, what what can you tell me about Peter and uh, his role with the company? Yeah, so uh, if you look at the overall uh, dominoes of what took place, we had two stalwart, just fabulous Ryan team members um, that are having a retirement coming up at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Rick Collins, um, who was a divisional president for us, responsible for multiple geographies, and Jeff Smith, our national president, uh, both members of our executive leadership team. And Colin Barr and I really moved into sharing the two geographies that they will no longer be responsible for. Colin was already doing part of that role, but we kind of reshuffled which geographies uh, for a little bit more synergistic alignment. So Colin and I will share all of our geographic footprint um, and basically divide the country in half with me focusing on some of the more established Northern uh, groups and Colin focusing on the West coast all the way down through the Southwest, Texas and Florida. Um, So Colin's uh, been a fabulous partner. We'll continue to be that vacated a seat in Phoenix uh, for Chuck Carefoot. And he is going to uh, move in and become our operational leader in Phoenix, responsible for all disciplines, basically everything you see with a Ryan sign in the state of Arizona, that's Chuck's responsibility. And then Tony Bronco, pretty well-known name uh, locally, is going to take over my previous responsibilities in Minnesota. Uh, So I'll still have kind of oversight of the region, but Tony will be the day-to-day executive in charge of all things Minnesota. Uh, And I will coach him, mentor him, and uh, generally try to stay out of his way unless he's getting in trouble, then I'll be in his way. Uh, the, and Tony and I have a great relationship in that regard. So that's not the question you answered. That kind of sets the table. Um, as Tony takes more uh, day-to-day responsibilities leading the entire team, right? All of construction, all of design, all of management, um, you end up having lots of stakeholders and you cannot be as centric on sales and development uh, as you want to be. And so he has to um, share that responsibility and he's got a great team. Uh, Just as a reminder, I think we've got some fabulous national developers. Most people in Twin Cities know Mark Shoney and Casey Hankinson, um, Eric Anderson, but we have some really good um, folks focused on this market. Andrew Jinsky Sabolka is our healthcare leader. Uh, Patrick Daly is the retail leader here, Maureen Michalski. She came on to help us lead the entire Ford site. Uh, Carl Runk is a multifamily leader for us. Uh, uh, Dan Mueller is our industrial lead developer. And the gap we were missing that Tony previous co- previously covered was the office space, um, some uh, uh, of the industrial space, and then multifamily. So Marine's going to take many of those responsibilities for multifamily, share them with Carl and others. And Peter Fitzgerald is gonna join our team. He's been with us for about two weeks and he is going to really fill in the gap of being our uh, office expert and also partner with Dan Mueller and help deliver on all of our industrial assets, which those two worlds are ironically blending more and more together than um, you know typologically they seem like they should be. Um, so yeah. I'll go into more on Peter's personality and why we hired him, but that's really, um, that created the spot and, and, a, and a need for us. And Peter's a perfect match in our eyes. Yeah, well, you mentioned there a couple of sectors, office and industrial. Uh, 
what, what, what is your forecast for that? Obviously, you know, both are really impacted by what we've been seeing with the pandemic and, you know, industrials going like gangbusters and in office, I'm sure we're going to be seeing some changes there. Um, but uh, what, what are you reading in the tea leaves there? Um, very a tale of two different worlds. First of all, on the office side, um, we anticipate a slow growth kind of steady eddy and actually pretty turbulent market, potentially turbulent market. Uh, we really believe many of the biggest users of office space are going to use less space. So there's going to be a huge influx of new space to the market when people are shedding their kind of older, um, less relevant space. Mm-hmm. What happens to that is a huge opportunity and question mark. Uh, that's going to create big headwinds for office. But the positive side is recruitment retention is so strong and such a dire need that many of the big users are still going to build new office space and seek new office space that they can be more competitive and more uh, productive as a team. Mm-hmm. So it's actually going to pull in both ends and in different directions, right? One negative and one uh, somewhat positive. So Peter will have his hands full figuring that out. Um, the industrial world's very different. I think the industrial world is being dominated by new space by big users, just like I shared office space probably would be, but at a much higher level, 10x. You know, the Amazons, Target, Kroger's, um, all the big logistics and distribution users, uh, they're growing and we'll continue to. We don't see that slowing down. In addition, you know, you've got this whole supply chain conundrum where people are recognized for the first time, hey, it's not the best solution to have just-in-time purchasing for everything that we own. We probably should store some backlog. So industrial is going to get a pickup from that and already is seeing that. And then you're seeing just the e-commerce business begets in general more industrial space, more storage space, more direct-to-consumer space. Um, And a lot of the lab-like space and creative office looks a lot like industrial to me and lives in industrial parks. So we're working on a few facilities, um, one for Kendeva out in Woodbury. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's in an industrial business park, uh, but it's anything but industrial. It's, you know, high-tech lab space um, that 3M is a part of and others. So uh, those are the long answers. I think most people are predicting industrial will continue to go strong. Um, and office will be turbulent and, you know, full of kind of pockety opportunities, but not a white hot uh, market. Yeah, you mentioned the supply chain issues. I just opened up my news app this morning and uh, said, you know, to put it mildly, it's not going to get any better anytime soon. Uh, how do you prepare for that It's from a construction side or a development in the development world? Yeah, I mean most of the answer is you slog through it. Um, So much of it is out of the control of all of us. Uh, What you hope it is, is a traffic jam moment that's about to clear, not a traffic jam that is we're just getting into. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know that any of us really know the depths of that. But then obviously what you're seeing on a lot of our projects right now is we are accelerating the purchase time and commitment time on many, many materials. So when you used to take maybe six months to design a project, then you'd buy it all out and start construction the next day. We are doing a much different approach where we're doing a month of design and then we are uh, beginning to commit and lock in. Okay, steel's going to be done so we can take that to market. 
And now um, the mechanical is going to be done so we can take that to the market. And you're mm -hmm. seeing a lot more piecemealing of projects in that way, which actually sits, you know, that serves our approach to the industry pretty well. That's, that's where we are at our best. Um, so it actually plays to our hand a little bit, but the um, it's not easy. And just when you think you get something like wood and steel solved, you know, um, something else like plastic takes off on you and, and we're seeing a lot of kind of horse trading for different things. Um, so that's not a complete answer, but, uh, <clears throat> you know, you, you try to stay, we have a team at Ryan that stays ahead of commodity pricing, um, and ahead of sort of the supply side and the indicators of those commodities. And they can tell us, you know, where to head. Maybe the last thing is customers are either looking for one of two paths. Um, they want to lock in on pricing and they're willing to do that earlier um, and then place the rest of that risk on us, or they'd like to not lock in on pricing and float it and take the risk themselves. Mm. And so that's a whole different dynamic that is, it's not normal business for our industry. And you just have to be adaptive to each customer's needs in those situations. Yeah, fascinating and interesting stuff. Must make it uh, fun to bid on projects these days. <laughs> <laughs> There's, it's no such thing as bidding. I mean, it feels like a creative process more than anything where um, maybe the last thing I say, and I, I probably overlooked giving enough credit to our construction management teams. Mm -hmm. They probably stay in at least twice a week contact with our suppliers mm -hmm. on, on things that we have already purchased. Right. So these are guaranteed deliveries in the good old days. You just never have to pick up the phone then everything would show up and you'd assume it was that the case. Mm -hmm. Now it's, it's more of a partnership with these folks. How are we both going to get to the finish line successfully? You know, yeah, the contract says this, but we need to be a team regardless. And so you're actually seeing a great teamsmanship come out of that um, for the most part, which is really good. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Just, yeah, overall, how how has the uh, past year and a half with the pandemic, how has that impacted you guys there? It looks like you've been staying really busy with projects here in 2021. And um, what, what are your thoughts on that? Our uh, team is fabulous, and they have dealt with more stressful environment than I could have ever concocted or dreamed up. Um, and they're super resilient. I'm very, very proud. Uh, of all of our team members. Uh, and I am sure plenty of leaders would say that right now, but I just, I, I can start crying in two seconds if I really start thinking about it. The, um, so the teams have been resilient. We've grown through the last year, which is incredibly stressful at the same time. You know, some of your customers come to you and say, our business is just not working right now. We have to hit the brakes. And others have come to us and said, you know, the grocery stores, for instance, we just got put on the front lines of everything. Uh, we need to accelerate what we're capable of and we need your help. And so that push pull has resulted in more people asking us for more help on their real estate uh, platforms, portfolios, and our own development doing the same than it has resulted in the other side of that, which is a slowdown. Mm -hmm. Now, you don't, it's easy and fun to say right now that that's the case you don't know that day in and day out as you're kind of evolving over the last 20 months now. Um, so, you know, the, the growth of the team creates a whole other challenge. This is not the best environment to welcome new team members to the, to the field and to the group. You know, you imagine joining a company and 
you're going to work in front of a computer screen, never meet anyone for a year. Mm. It's not, it's not what we love. Um, it's not what makes us special. And yet we've persevered and done well with it remarkably well. Uh, mm -hmm. So aside from that, I guess the, the only other thing I'd add is it's, um, it's shocking how resilient a group can be. And many companies probably feel the same way given all of the adversity um, and reasons that failure probably was likely, you know, people worked at a fabulous level and delivered results at a very high level in spite of probably the most challenging professional environment I hope to ever see in my uh, career. And I know many of them would say the same. So that is just something that, uh, you know, books are going to be written on in the future and pretty special. Yeah, absolutely. What are some of the things you're working on now? I know I've been in touch with uh, Maureen a little bit about uh, all the work going on at Highland Bridge, the former Ford site. Uh, things like things are just going uh, really well there. It looks like, you know, I drive by there on occasion and just uh, seems like uh, things are really moving along. Um, so what uh, what can you say about that and any anything else you're working on these days? Yeah, Highland Bridge is um, really fun, and I don't think there's a project that the team currently is more proud of getting to work on. 42 city blocks. Most of the roads, sidewalks are in. Uh, several of the parks are nearly complete. There's a ton of trees planted. You can walk the central water feature. We just, in fact, had some of the Ford leadership team that worked on that site for so long, getting it ready to sell to us. Um, toured them through, and it was just so fun to see. We get to see it daily, weekly, monthly. They haven't seen it since pre-pandemic and just their jaws were dropped and, you know, they were really excited about um, the future of the neighborhood. So mm -hmm. that's fabulous. We got the first several buildings under construction and a few more starting soon. So we've got uh, two blocks of senior living coming. It's going to be a fabulous senior living project with uh, Presbyterian Homes. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got the Lunds uh, buyer lease launching and that's going to be best in class grocery store for everybody, not just the Highland Bridge residents, but everybody in that area. And the first apartments. Now, uh, the row homes that Pulte is doing will go on sale very soon. Uh, and then single family homes along the uh, riverfront are for sale currently. And we should see some of those breaking ground here in the spring. So mm -hmm. all in all, exciting, uh, but it's 42 blocks. we got a lot of work ahead of us. And mm -hmm. um I'll tell you what, the rent control measure is something that really feels like um, the only bogey out there that could really slow us down that we're worried about, quite honestly. Um, yeah. The So that's one project many of us know about that's going to take us, you know, seven to 10 more years to complete mm -hmm. um, with some luck. But then the condominium downtown Minneapolis, 11, it's the tallest building in Minnesota in 25 years. Um first of its kind luxury rental, not the optimum time to launch that downtown. And we're doing well. And I'm, I am uh, impressed with how uh, the, the team has been able to deliver. We're still on schedule and that's a massive undertaking with very high uh, custom finishes. And uh, that's exciting. So sales are going well. And more importantly, the delivery is on track and going well. Um, in addition, we're working on several, um, you know, nationally, several projects for our big um, uh, logistics and e-commerce uh, partners. Can't talk about most of them and I'll get in trouble if I start, but um, if you visit our website, you'll see who many of them are. 
that's going great. The healthcare industry is picking up. So we're going to do a medical office building at Highland Bridge, and that's really exciting. Uh, so that just hit the press here recently, and Andrew Jinsky is leading that. Mm-hmm. And then Minnesota Health Village, we've been working with Maple Grove Hospital um, and the Raddins family up there on redeveloping that uh, large 100-acre-plus uh, uh, property. So we've got multifamily under construction, and uh, that will turn into a healthcare village anchored by the hospital, of course, but we'll have medical office buildings uh, there and we will have uh, many others, you know, uh, fitness, retail, senior living, that sort of thing. Those are some of the most exciting ones. Um, Out in Denver, we have a large campus for Medtronic underway. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's fabulous. And we're very excited to be working with Medtronic again. Uh, Around the country, uh, we've got senior living projects in uh, many different geographies going forward. That's been a tough industry as you can imagine. And then multifamily is really ramping up for us. Um, and we've got some nice opportunities here locally and then many nice ones uh, around the country as well. Phoenix, San Diego, uh, Austin, Texas, et cetera. So th- those are some of the, the biggies and, uh, and the things that we're most excited about. Yeah, a lot going on there. And Highland Bridge will have, what, 4,000 housing units or something like that at full build Exactly. Out. And a wide range of homes from, you know, the pretty high end stuff there looking over the river to more affordable varieties. And from uh, what I understand, uh, you mentioned the rent control thing. What uh, can you expand on that a little bit and what some of your concerns are there? Yeah, I, I won't go too deep, but I'll say that, you know, what uh, person that reads about rent control and says, hey, we could provide rent for less for everybody. Why the heck wouldn't we do this? And it's hard to argue that. And I support that for all my friends and family uh, that are renters. Um, But the reality is, is it causes a moment when uh, it constrains supply because from our perspective, new projects are much harder to bring to the market when you've got that uh, constraint of a rent control policy. Mm. And so what happens is it's going to slow down the delivery of new it's going to raise the rents of the new that they launch at because they're going to be controlled going forward. And all of that is an effort where you have an intentional policy to control rent and keep it down. And it actually, in my opinion, based on our professional position, has the inverse relationship. It actually raises rents. Mm. Uh, You can't apply that to every single unit the same, but as a macro, that's the result. Mm. And I would I would just, I'm a much larger advocate for what we have at the Ford site. Mm-hmm. Highland Bridge is our policy. The tax base from all the new multifamily, that's market rate, pays for the affordable and helps subsidize the affordable. You still pay rent in an affordable housing project, but you, you have to have subsidized um, construction. And so it subsidizes that construction. So we're able to deliver both in a symbiotic way and accelerate the delivery of units. The more supply we bring to the market, the better the long-term rent is. Um, the more you constrain it, the worse it is, even with the rent control measure. So mm. that's one that, um, you know, I think it's a it's an important issue. No one denies that affordability right now is harder than it has been in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, some call it a crisis and, you know, it, it's hard to argue that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that policy specifically is not where I would, it's not something that I endorse. I actually think it's a, 
major hurdle for the continuation of good development in hmm. cities like St. Paul, Minneapolis, should it pass one. Um, that doesn't mean you're not pro-affordable housing. Right. But, you know, the last thing you want to do is squeeze the supply and then it's just going to make it uh, that much worse. I mean, that's We're all seeing it on the rest of the commodities of the world right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you jam up the shipping ports and look what happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everything's more expensive. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think it's a heck of a lot different. Yeah, interesting. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, how long have you been with Ryan Companies? And, and you know, Ryan is such a big name in construction here locally. Um, can you just talk a little bit about that history and, and kind of where you came in? Um, are you, uh, I, I assume you're directly uh, related to the founders of the company? Yep. Uh, fourth generation family members. So my great grandfather started the business. It was really a second career for him. Mm-hmm. He started it with two of his children who were in their late twenties and they bought a lumber yard. Pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and they happened to be in a boom town, Hibbing, Minnesota, which the mines took off. And so they began building homes, designing homes, um, owning grocery stores, all in the spirit of selling lumber mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> for the lumber yard. And then at some point they pivoted and said, this is a better business than the lumber business. Um, so that's been going on for quite a while. I joined the company 11 years ago. I've shared this with a number of our team members, but I had no desire growing up to work at a family business. I just, mm. I feared the nepotism gene. And I found that there was a pretty awesome cultural responsibility to perpetuate at maybe a more mature age. And all companies think they have a special culture. Um, but I, I really think we do. We were voted best place to work in Minnesota last year by the Business Journal. And boy, that's um, that's probably something we're the most proud of is uh, being a great community for all of our team members. And it's, it's not easy. And so 11 years I've been here, um, I have a background in architecture and engineering. Uh, I helped, uh, you know, rebuild that team in Minnesota. It's a team we've had for a while, but we really launched it. And um, we've arrived at a really exciting place. Mike Rodriguez now leads that team. Mm -hmm. I also have a real estate development background. Uh, And so when I took over the North region role, that was a pretty natural uh, uh, transition for me. And uh, that's kind of in a nutshell, the company, we've got a non-family member CEO, Brian Murray. I've got three cousins uh, of my generation at the company. And then my father and Tim Gray are two of the owners that are still very present and active, but they're fully retired. Um, we just have the benefit of, uh, you know, in a family business, your elders stay with you and they become your best advisors and board members and all of that. So it's a pretty special spot and not without lots of excitement, headaches and heartburn, but, um, you know, we love what we do, which is delivering and creating places, um, for people. And Mm -hmm. when you really think about our work as that simple, it's, it's a community for seniors. It's a, uh, home for renters. It's a uh, place where commerce and work and creativity comes in to um, benefit us all through our, you know, great office space customers or industrial customers. It's just, I love what we do. Uh, and things like the Ford site are probably it at its highest level. Yeah. And we were talking a little bit before we actually started the interview about the work you did. Uh, gosh, how far how long ago is that now at the uh, Cedar and 66th Street in Richfield? Uh, what's the name of the development? <laughs> we have the Target uh, Home Depot. 
Um, yeah, now you're now you're testing me. I can't even <laughs> tell you, but it's my personal target. So yeah, Dan, uh, no, we were just talking about that, and uh, I just live, you know, short distance from there, and and just that whole area has taken off. Apartments are going up like gangbusters, and and uh, you know, I try to, you know, uh, you know, it's kind of unfortunate when you see some of the nimbyism, but I tell my kids there when we drive by one of those projects, hey, look, we're getting new neighbors. This is great. And that's honestly the way I feel about it. You know, uh, more people there to, um, you know, uh, add to the tax base and more people to uh, support the businesses in town and things like that. So um, it's a very different development than Highland Bridge. But what I love there is it enhanced the community, obviously enhanced the tax base. It's a big asset. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the parks have been renovated right around it. New housing, new health care has been put in, but it didn't change the general character of the entire corridor. It mm -hmm. made it better. It added new things to it, but you still have this great Latin influence uh, there. You still have um, much of the uh, mom and pop shops are still, you know, alive, present, thriving. And it's just a, it's a nice community. I, I love that spot. Yeah, and we'll I, close by. Yeah, I agree. Well, thanks for your time, Mike. Uh, uh, you've been generous with your time and, and I don't want to keep you too long, but uh, is there anything else you want to add before we, let you go or I just, um, you know, add the, a couple things on Peter Fitzgerald, which is the real purpose of the, of the interview is that, um, you know, we were Peter, I have a ton of respect for, mm -hmm. he left a, uh, career that he had been incredibly successful with. He didn't need to leave and try his hat at development. He chose to do that. Um, in spite of some, um, you know, the risk that's inherent in changing careers. So, ton of respect for him. We had the privilege of working with Peter on uh, three projects over the past several years where he represented our customers. Um, so we got to know him really well through that. And then what he and his team did out at 10 West End, leasing up all of that office um, facility has been fabulous. And now he'll partner with the Trans Western team to help finish the leasing on the new building we built, the 10 West End project. Uh, Peter's got fabulous tenacity, grit, anyone that knows him just he has a savviness for getting things done and he's a super high uh, ethical and an integrity uh, based individual so we're thrilled to have him on board and um, excited to uh, see what he does in the next few years he's taken over a role that Tony Bronco and uh, Rick Collins held before him so mm -hmm. he's got his uh, he's got big shoes to fill and I'm sure he'll do great with it Absolutely. Well, thanks for mentioning that. And, and I can't end this without mentioning CHS Field. I've taken my kids to a number <laughs> of games there. What a great place to watch a ball game. And now that the Saints are part of the Twins organization, Triple H is that much better. So, Yeah, we're thrilled with it. And um, it's just such a fun uh, facility to be a part of creating. Um, and it was not an easy one. Maybe mm -hmm. the toughest project I've worked on, but the, um, the results are fabulous and our team members go there pretty much every game so uh thanks for bringing that up brian yeah have a great rest of your day on that. yeah you too thanks mike take care yeah thank you for listening and please subscribe to beyond the skyline we can be found wherever you listen to your podcasts to learn more about finance and commerce or to subscribe go to our website www.finance-commerce.com i'm joel shetler editor of finance and commerce thank you again for listening to beyond the skyline